season two of the JKR podcast powered by Black Cobra Sports. My name is Jay Shriglin and I'm the host. Let's dig into today's episode after a word from our sponsor. To the JKR podcast today, we have North Carolina native, Canes alumni, and current sophomore outfielder at North Carolina baseball. We got Reese Holbrook on the JKR podcast for the Canes baseball series. Reese, super pumped to get you on the show, man. How are you doing today? Good. I'm excited to be on the show. I've watched a lot of my friends also on the show, and yeah, I'm excited. Awesome. Excited to have you. I know you have a busy schedule this week. Like you said, had a game last night, have another game tonight. Uh, but first off, before we dig into your you know, whole baseball career, I got one question I like to ask everybody that gets on the JKR podcast. And that is, for those who don't know you, how would you introduce yourself? Who exactly is Reese Holbrook? Uh, Reese Holbrook is a current student at UNC, outfielder, baseball player um, from born in Chapel Hill and from Columbia, South Carolina slash Charleston. My dad coaches at College of Charleston, so kind of split time in Columbia and Charleston. And yeah, I'm a baseball player that is really passionate about the game and plays with a lot of passion on the field. So I think most people see that whenever I'm out there. Okay, so with you know with you going to North Carolina, obviously, like I said before you started recording, I did see as I was doing a little bit of research, your mom worked at North Carolina for at least a little bit. I'm not sure if she still mm-hmm. does. Your dad went and played there, coached there for a little bit. So I'm sure North Carolina was maybe a dream school growing up, but kind of take us through that recruiting process, you know, kind of how it got started and when you kind of started getting noticed by some Division One teams. Yeah, so my dad played there and my mom worked in the basketball office for Coach Williams. So I was born in Chapel Hill to a dad that was coaching for UNC. So growing up around the program and stuff that definitely helped draw me closer to this, like a lot of trips to Omaha and stuff like that. So it was a lot of fun whenever I was a little kid and being a little kid in Chapel Hill with a dad as a coach, you always dream of playing college baseball at UNC, especially with it being one of the biggest programs in the country. Um, And then with my mom working at UNC for basketball, that was definitely a drawing point too, like a lot of fun experience with the basketball team. Um, and then baseball wise recruiting, I just started playing well as a freshman in high school and UNC was kind of the first team that reached out and got me up to a visit. Um, and it just brought back a ton of memories that I hadn't experienced for a few years. So it was kind of like, well, I'll have the chance to like have this story come full circle and, um, play at a school that my dad played at and coached at. And that was a really cool thing in my mind so I wanted to right whenever they offered I took about a month and I still didn't visit any other schools I just committed here and that was as a freshman and I held that for the four years and yeah it's been awesome these past two years okay so with UNC being that first school to reach out you said you know when they did give you that offer you did wait you know a month or so just to kind of think about it you didn't go on any other visits but were there some other schools that were kind of reaching out during that point as well yeah, um, so Vanderbilt was another school that was really interesting. My brother plays there right now. He's a freshman. Um, and 
Yeah, when they reached out too, when I started playing well, that was a really cool thing because I hadn't had many teams kind of talk about the recruiting process with me. So that with it being Vanderbilt, that's obviously a really big opportunity that came. And my dad being family friends with Coach Corbin, that was also a relationship that was kind of interesting. Like if I were to go play for Coach Corbin, that would have been a cool thing. But my brother's doing that now, so that's pretty cool. Um, but, yeah, after UNC offered, it was kind of said that I'd be going there. Yeah, so beyond, you know, North Carolina being that dream school where, you know, you grew up, your dad went there, you both your parents worked there. You know, what were maybe some key things that you were looking for when you were looking at the big picture overall when it came to, you know, a coaching staff, a school? Just kind of what were some of those key things you were kind of debating between when you were kind of just looking at the whole recruiting process as a whole? Uh, obviously you want to be around good coaches that can help develop you and try to make you into the best player that you can become and you want to see your full potential reach. So I felt like UNC was a great place for that. Coach Forbes is awesome. Our hitting coach, Coach Weersbicki is really good too. And then outfield coach Howell has been great in helping me like get better reads and stuff like that. Um, and then UNC is a program with a lot of history of, College World Series appearances, Super Regionals, hosting regionals, um, playing for national championships, and then getting players to the next level. So all of that kind of drew me to the university. And the fact that UNC hasn't won a national championship, but it's been to Omaha so many times, it's just a, another thing of like trying to get UNC their first national championship. And that was a really cool point, too. Yeah. So with your dad, you know, being a collegiate coach, one one of those stops in North Carolina, you know, maybe what's some of, what was some of that advice he was giving you or how did he kind of help you along the way as you were kind of going through, you know, a couple of those first schools were reaching out your freshman year. Uh, just what was some different ways that he kind of, you know, helped you out throughout that process? He obviously has hit my best interest in his mind, too. So he wanted to look at the best fit. He wasn't ever pushing me to. Like, I played at UNC, so I want you to do it, too. He wanted me to find the best fit. Um, he knew when Vanderbilt reached out, that was a great opportunity, too. And then also, with him being a coach, he was like, you can always play for me. And so those were three different kind of things where I knew I'd have great opportunities wherever I went. And, um, yeah, he never wanted me to get too locked in on, like, playing to get recruited or stuff like that. He just wanted me to play the game and get as much experience as possible and try to be the best player every day and not worry about stuff in the future, especially as you get older and maybe draft stuff comes along. You just want to focus on growing as a player. Yeah. So, you know, as a freshman, when that recruiting process was getting started, I'm sure, you know, maybe it might have caught you by surprise like it does a lot of people being so young. But what were some of those maybe initial conversations you were having, you know, with that North Carolina coaching staff, maybe Coach Corbin, uh, just in terms of how those first conversations kind of went? Um, and then going through your mind, I mean, take us through what's going through your mind as well, because you're 14 years old, talking to some collegiate coaches, still four years away from school. So I'm sure your mind's probably rolling at that point. Uh, just kind of take us through, you know, those first couple calls and what was going through your mind. Yeah, I, obviously it's shocking whenever you're that young and a coach reach out, reaches out, like especially having no recruiting experience before then with it being UNT and Vanderbilt as the first two. That was a really big, like, shock to me. So 
right when that happens, you're given like the opportunity to play college baseball and that's a dream come true. So you instantly start watching videos of former teams, former Vanderbilt teams, former UNC teams, and just dream of being on that field and seeing yourself in the uniform and playing in front of a ton of fans. And that's a really cool thing. Um, and then talks with coaches, they just hearing that they see a lot of potential in you and want to help you grow and achieve every child, like childhood baseball players dream of playing and maybe a college world series or playing professional baseball and saying they can help get you there is really comforting and exciting to see like all your hard work is starting to pay off and that you have a chance of reaching those dreams. Yeah. So you end up being committed to North Carolina for about, you know, three years or so you, since you committed as a freshman, take us through that day when you made it official, you, you know, had that national signing day as a senior kind of take us through that, what that feeling was kind of like, and then kind of, you know, that last spring season as well, right before you head to North Carolina in high school. Yeah, signing day was awesome because growing up in Chapel Hill and then being committed for so long, you're just waiting to sign the paper and officially be part of the program. So signing day was really special for me. I was the only person for my high school signing for that spring thing, for the spring signing period and our whole school came and watched the signing and was really supportive so that was awesome and then being such family friends with the coach Williams family he sent a video that was played on our screen that was really cool too and just saying that the hard work starting to pay off and there's a lot of more work ahead so that was really cool and then signing the paper was pretty emotional and a full circle moment that I was really excited about and then it's just getting through your high school season, trying to win a state championship and then getting ready to go to campus. And that was, yeah, that whole year was really quick and really exciting at the same time. I'm sure. So you know, high school season comes to an end. You head to North Carolina, probably that summertime or so, right before, probably before regular students get to campus. Kind of take us through those first couple of weeks, maybe some of those bonds you were building with some of your teammates or even some of those pre-existing relationships you had as well. Uh, just kind of take us through those first couple of weeks as you hit the, head to North Carolina's campus. Yeah, so we do at UNC, they, the incoming freshmen do summer school. So we uh, we graduate and then probably a month later leave for school where we're doing classes in the morning to get a couple credits out the way and then um, lifting and practicing in the afternoon and just individual groups with each other. So kind of prepares you for what the college experience is like and gets you with your freshman class where you're forming relationships with them. And most of us kind of had former relationships playing with each other in tournaments and stuff like that. So it's just a chance to grow closer and uh, be even more closely acquainted with each other and start to learn about what it's like being on a team in a college program and being with coaches and stuff like that every day where it's work every single day and you're trying to you all have one goal in mind yeah so you know as as that summer school summer session kind of comes to an end you know the regular students show up some of the upperclassmen show up fall ball starts kind of take us through that maybe what that day-to-day -day looked like down there at chapel hill just take us through fall ball and maybe some of those biggest surprises that kind of hit you as you guys were doing those first couple team workouts yeah i 
for freshmen, the biggest change for me was like how quickly the game moves. So everyone's trying to, everyone's at such a higher level, even if you played summer ball with in the travel circuit, like teams are really good, but college is a completely different thing. So the game moves a lot quicker and you've always got to be, people will always take an extra base on you as an outfielder. So you got to be prepared for that. And I guess the biggest surprise for me out of the fall was, I guess, how much we scrimmage and stuff like that, like playing every day and getting you used to that college schedule. Um, so yeah, showing up to the field every day, being ready to play practices are always really high intensity. Um, so yeah, you just really have to come to the field ready to go every single day. Cause it's going to be everyone's competing for a position and everyone really wants to play, especially at a program like UNC. So you got to try to outwork people as hard as you can every day. Yeah. So as, as you guys were doing those inner squad scrimmages, you had your face in collegiate pitching for the first time, you know, it is your teammates, but kind of take us through, you know, what difference in pitching you saw from going from that top tier level of travel baseball to that collegiate level down there at UNC. What was that kind of the differences you saw within the pitching? Well, everyone's velo is a lot better in college, so you always have to be on a fastball, um, but also the control is better, so they can plus counts for a hitter, 2-0, 2-1. They can still throw in off speed. So I guess for me, the biggest change was trying to get myself into a position where I can be on a fastball, but also stay in my legs and hit an off speed pitch and just not trying not to guess at the plate, but always trying to be ready for a fastball. And uh, yeah, the arms are so much better that you can't really, you can't be guessing up there because every pitch is really good. So you got to be able to adjust to off speed and stuff like that. Um, also, yeah, the competition level, everyone's competing so much harder. So whether, even if it's travel ball competing for like a trophy, this is different because everyone's trying to, continue their college career and find a way to play on the field. So, so yeah, the pitchers are a lot better in college though, overall. I'm sure. So, you know, as a freshman going through that fall, uh, sub fall semester, fall ball, you know, maybe who were some of those older guys, some of those upperclassmen that maybe took you underneath their wing, kind of showed you the ropes of playing collegiate baseball. The one for me that stood out was Angel Zarate last year. He was a guy that came here, and didn't play much at all his first two years and then kind of took a leadership on the a leadership role on the team during the COVID year where he hit like 400 and then came back the next year played really well and then my freshman year was his last year last year and um yeah he was a guy that didn't have crazy tools all across the board and had to redshirt his younger years but not a crazy amount of talent to where it's like someone coming in, it's like, dang, this dude's unbelievable. But it's just a guy that worked really hard and had similar skills to me, like a guy that needs to get on base, put the ball in play and try to hit line drives because fly balls probably aren't going to go out for a guy like me or him. And he was a guy that worked really hard every single day and practiced with a really high level of intent where you could tell he wasn't taking a day off and especially his throwing program that whenever I got to college, that was something that really took me by surprise, like how, how specific people are like warming up and trying to get their arm ready to play. And that was something I took away from him as well.
So being an outfielder with a throwing program, I I assume you maybe you know mock, not mocked, but maybe mirrored the throwing program he has. So what does that throwing program for an outfielder kind of look like? I get like during warmups and throwing on the line, you don't want to be taking it for granted. Like you're not just trying to get your arm loose. You're trying to get ready to make actual throws in the game. Like people are going to be trying to take extra bases. You're going to have to try to throw runners out on sack flies and stuff like that. So really for me, when I, whenever I came in as a freshman, that was trying to make more accurate throws in the way I don't have a, really strong arm or anything like that so I tried to in warm-ups try to one-hop it more and uh really try to be accurate not take any throws just for granted not just trying to get the arm loose trying to make really accurate throws every single time and have a high level of focus yeah so you know freshman year fall ball comes to an end you guys flip that calendar year to 2022 take us through your freshman year maybe some of that that just the toughest transition of transitioning to you know, actually collegiate baseball and just kind of what, what the, how, how that, how that spring season kind of went last year for you. So coming in, I didn't know coming into the season, I knew I could help the team and especially with speed, like speed, you always have a chance to help the team some way, whether that be pinch running or stuff like that. So I knew I'd be able to run at some point, but coming after the, after the, during the fall season, I didn't play great like didn't play how I knew I was capable of but coming back for the preseason you scrimmage a ton because they're trying to figure out how they want to set the opening lineup and I started playing a lot better there so I started to believe that I could maybe help the team with at bats or stuff like that or maybe I'd have a chance to play at some point so going into the season I knew I probably wouldn't be starting opening day but maybe I'd have a chance at some point to get in there and hit and um try to help the team that way. So I pinch hit on Saturday and got a hit. And then I ended up starting the first Sunday game and starting that week. And that was a really cool experience for me. It was getting your first start in college is a really, yeah, it's a really cool thing, especially with your family there to see it. Um, and after that week, I didn't really play as much. So it was just trying to be present every day, um, not just throw a day away because you're not in the starting lineup because things can change really quickly. And always being ready to do my job. It's, and my job at that point was to pinch run and try to give our chance, our team a chance to win, whether we're tied or down by a run or just really need a run in a certain spot. So trying to do your job to the best of the, your ability. So getting in and facing that ACC competition there last spring, you know, what was that? Obviously it's diff a lot different than playing up against some of your teammates in inter in inter-squad scrimmages. So I guess, again, you know, what was that transition like of, you know, finally facing that actual in-game competition at the ACC level? Just kind of take us through that. Yeah, I guess the biggest one for me was facing, this isn't an ACC team, but going on the road playing at ECU was a really cool experience because that place gets packed every single day and it's kind of your first, that was my first time in college having to go into like a really hostile environment where the fans are all over you and uh, you got to try to block out the noise and be ready just to play the game and not get focused on anything else. Um, 
So yeah, I say the environments are a lot different. Once you get to this level, um, people really care about the teams they're cheering for. So um, just trying to focus on the game and not get distracted by all the outside stuff going on. Yeah. So no, your freshman year comes to an end, you know, you head into your, you go through, you know, summer ball, wood bat league, which we'll dig into here in a second, but then, you know, go th- sophomore year, fall ball, head into now where you guys are what, maybe what, 15, 20 games in. So, um, so far this season kind of take us to, you know, how your sophomore seasons kind of went and maybe, you know, the differences between your freshman year, sophomore year, now that you kind of know what to expect going into the season. Yeah, that's freshman and sophomore year is definitely where, I'm sure a ton of people take a big jump because you know what to expect. Um, you're not coming in like not knowing how each day to day is going to go. You know, you have a plan for each day and know how scrimmages are going to go, like what a weekly schedule looks like and how to balance all that with classes and stuff like that too. So yeah, I guess kind of knowing what to expect helped a lot. Um, second time around for the fall went a lot better. Um, and trying to take what might have been weaknesses like freshman year and try to make them into try to build on them and not make them like such strong weaknesses, like learn what type of player you are. And that was big for me, just not going up there trying to hit the ball over the wall, but put it in play and let your let my speed help me out there. Um and then yeah, sophomore year just getting through the fall and knowing how a season's going to go, um, trying to, when you're not, if you're not in the opening day lineup, know how much things can change. That was a big one for me because anyone can get hurt at any moment. People can start playing bad out of nowhere and you could be in the lineup the next day and you don't want to have to be, have been sulking for the past week because you haven't gotten in a bat, just trying to stay ready. Um and try to make yourself into the best player you can be on a daily basis and not give a day away just because you're not starting. Yeah. So as the season gets roll keeps rolling, you know, like like we said, you know, 15, 20 games in so or, or or so so far, you know, what are some of your expectations as this 2023 season evolves for the team, for yourself? Just what are some of those goals and you know, what are some of those expectations expectations surrounding the team so far this year? Well, last year was a really good year for us. Um, we, during ACC play, we hadn't been playing well at all. Um, got swept multiple times, walked off multiple times, and it was a really tough little stretch for us after starting the year really well. And then we turned it around later in the year and ended up winning the ACC tournament, which was awesome, um, and got ourselves into a spot where we were able to be a seed where we hosted a regional and then one of the um, super seeds got upset. So we ended up hosting Arkansas on a super regional. And yeah, those were obviously huge experiences for us. So just trying to build on those and get ourselves into a spot where we can host another regional, hopefully host a super and then break through that and get to Omaha would be huge. Um, But yeah, last year was definitely a big experience for everyone on the team, like knowing what it takes to get there, knowing you're going to go through struggles and stuff like that. Um, just trying to not get in too big of a hole and then knowing any team can overcome, especially at the end of the year. Usually the team that gets hot is the one that goes the furthest. Like it was like that for us last year and 
Ole Miss, that was obviously they started out preseason number one and then uh got really hot and were able to win the whole thing. So yeah, that's what we're trying to do this year, get to a spot where we can host and then find a way to make it to Omaha. Um individually I'd say yeah, just being ready for every moment, not um whether I'm starting or coming off the bench, I think I've done a better job of that this year. But last year I was definitely be upset if I was not in the lineup and it's just kind of something you have to get over as a freshman and know that most you're going to have opportunities at some point. It's just trying to take advantage of those. Yeah. So let's make that transition to summer baseball here, you know, pretty briefly um, just kind of take us through that summer league experience, kind of what that was like, you know, just the day to day um, kind of what that competition level was looking like and just how that summer league experience went, went overall. Yeah, so I played in Columbia or Lexington for the Blowfish and the Coastal Plains League. So Columbia, South Carolina, and it's kind of your first experience of what pro ball would be like for people in college, um, traveling all over the place and playing every single day, um, playing even more than college ball on the day-to-day basis. So it's your first experience of that. Um Playing for Lexington, we would play the Savannah Bananas, so that was a really cool experience, too, with that place being sold out and all the crazy stuff that goes on. Um, Yeah, and it's more – I guess it's not really team-focused, so you're trying to focus on yourself as an individual and what you need to improve on. Um, Yeah, you don't want to waste a day during summer ball because usually the people that – are able to approach it the right way and get a good amount of at bats. It really helps them going into their sophomore year. Um, and yeah, unfortunately I was hurt at the beginning of played about two weeks of summer ball and then had to go uh, down to Charleston where my dad coached, but I was able to get a good amount of work there. And I think that prepared me for this year too. Yeah. So when you're playing summer ball, I'm assuming there's a lot of your teammates that were, you know, maybe a little bit older since you were, you know, a freshman going into your sophomore year. Um, you know, while you're playing with some of those older guys, you know, what was maybe the way that you kind of picked the brain of all these different players who are, you know, from across the country playing from different schools? Uh, just what were some big things that you kind of picked up in your couple of weeks there in summer ball? I guess the big thing is watching how other people's other people approach the season and how maybe older guys like might think they don't have a lot of time left to play the game or if they think they're not going to play pro ball, like they really try to appreciate the game a lot more and they're not maybe focused on playing. A lot of people will get focused on playing well so that scouts see them play well and that'll give them a chance to play pro ball. But I think the people that are really, that really take advantage of summer ball are the ones that um, are just appreciating themselves playing the game and maybe don't think they have that much time left or aren't playing for those other reasons. They're just focused on, I'm going to enjoy the game and because there's a lot less pressure in summer ball, just trying to enjoy it, um, playing pressure free. And usually the people that play with the least amount of pressure end up being the best during the summer. Yeah. Which is kind of the difference between uh, high school, high school summer ball when like the summer ball circuits kind of where a lot of yeah. on there. Uh, but no, so kind of, you know, as your sophomore season can, continues to evolve, you get closer and co- closer to, you know, summer baseball this year. You know, what are what is the outlook on this upcoming summer? Are you planning on going back to that same team, finding another league? Kind of what are the expectations there for this summer? So this summer, my brother 
my brother played for a team called the Full Count Rhythm in the Ohio Valley League right outside of Nashville with him going to Vanderbilt. So um, I plan on going to play with him, which will be really cool because I haven't played with him since, I guess, eighth grade. So going there, playing with him, being with him on a daily basis and just trying to help each other be the best version of ourselves every day. Um, yeah, and working hard out there. And then um, just trying to get as many at-bats as possible, try to stay healthy and see how much I can improve over that period of time. Because especially from last year as a freshman, I've seen a lot of growth out of myself over a year and just seeing if I can keep improving and um, finding a way to just see growth in myself as a player. And usually that comes with at-bats and you get a ton of at-bats during summer ball. So, yeah, yeah, I'm excited for that opportunity as well. Play with my brother would be cool. So you and your brother didn't get the chance to play together in high school? He – so when my dad took the job at College of Charleston, I stayed in Columbia to finish with my high school team, and he went to Charleston. So I think the last time we played together was – I think he got pulled up to varsity for our playoff run and whenever I was a sophomore. So that would have been the last time kind of playing together, but he didn't play that much during that. So this will be the first time actually being on the field together and trying to, especially in college, that's a lot cooler. So um, playing at a higher level will be a lot fun, a lot more fun together. I'm sure definitely cool experience coming to you this summer. But, you know, as you play summer baseball, and this isn't going to be the first time that this has happened to you, but you make that transition from using a metal bat, you know, in the spring season to wood. Kind of what is that mindset shift when you are making that transition from wood to metal and then back from metal to wood? Just kind of what does that kind of look like and what's your mindset change on that? I think as players, you don't you don't want to see a huge shift with using metal and wood. You just want to focus on hitting the ball in the barrel, but obviously that's a lot more important with wood because your hands will get shattered if you don't hit it on the barrel. But um, from travel ball, I guess a big focus um, in high school was, yeah, just putting the ball in play, not um, hitting the ball in the barrel as much as possible and not, uh, you have a lot more leeway with a metal bat trying to you can turn and burn and maybe cap a ball out. But, um, yeah, wood bats are a lot less forgiving, just trying to stay. It helps your – I find that with me it helps my approach a lot more because I'm not trying to get too big and hit a ball over the wall. Just try to stay in the middle of the field, um, use the other way, and keep your hands tight to try to give yourself as much time as possible to hit the ball in the barrel and run with it. Okay, so, you know, as we talk about, you know, summer baseball, let's throw it back a couple of years when you played for the Canes. Obviously, this is the Canes baseball series, so we got to give them a little bit of love, kind of talk about, yeah. you know, how, how you played for them. So take us through, you know, how you got connected with the Canes baseball program, you know, when it got started and kind of, you know, how that evolved over time. Well, with my dad being a coach, he recruited a ton of players from the Canes, and especially with them being one of the best travel ball teams, always having players. Um play in high level of college baseball. My dad had that connection with talking to Coach Petty, um, trying to get players to go play for him and stuff like that. So they had that connection. And being from South Carolina, a lot of former Canes are from South Carolina, like my teammate, Tomas Frick, um, a lot of other people around me. Um, 
so I guess, I guess South Carolina is like a place where they really find players with a lot of grit and stuff like that. Cause that's the similarity I see, but um, yeah, playing well as a freshman, sophomore and uh, yeah, I guess junior on the travel ball circuit, they kind of heard I was playing well, reached out to my dad and um, asked me if I wanted to play for them. And I guess the summer before I joined the Canes, they, made their trip to Jupiter and I played a weekend with them before then. And they kind of got a chance to see me play and yeah, gave me the opportunity to come play for the national team um, for my last summer of summer ball. And yeah, that was a really cool opportunity when they reached out with that because best travel program in the country. So knowing you're going to get a lot of exposure and play with really talented players. Um, so yeah, that was really cool when that happened. I'm sure. So getting that one, getting the chance to play for the Canes national team for your 17U season, kind of take us through maybe that comparison between the teams you were playing with beforehand compared to the Canes and overall just what makes the Canes so great and so successful with you kind of being an insider there for your 17U summer. Yeah, whenever the roster was formed for the Canes, just looking down the roster and seeing everyone committed to these huge Power 5 programs, and if it's not Power 5, they're looking to be like an impact player at a mid-major team right away. Um, yeah, everyone was really talented. You knew you were going to have to – I think that's a big part with the Canes program was it's a lot like a college team, so you're going to have to really compete for playing time, and it's not just going to be handed to you. And that was – my dad liked that a lot, that I have to compete for something, and it's going to be tough. And you're not just going to be – it's not just getting playing time like a – summer ball team where maybe there's not those talented players um you're going to be part of like a really good team and that I guess really helped me for college ball um and then getting to play the first games with all those teammates you see like there's a lot of really talented players out there and you're gonna have to compete with them to make your college roster and then eventually pro ball if you want to go that far so getting the chance to play for the Canes there for your 17U season, kind of take us through, you know, some of those relationships you built, you know, whether that's with Coach Petty, maybe some of the other guys on that coaching staff, maybe some of those other players on the team who, like you said, are headed to Power 5 programs across the country. Just kind of take us through some of those relationships and how those built, you know, over throughout that summer. Yeah, Coach Petty was a huge one, having coached so many great players for the Canes, players that had really great college careers. Um, and then a lot of players that were drafted in the top five rounds and playing pro ball now, he he really knows the game. He knows what it takes to be a great player and what great players look like. So having that relationship with him was really big. Um, trying to, as a player, impress him as, mo as much as you can to get in a starting lineup or get in a higher place in the batting order. Um, yeah, his relationship was awesome. He's kept I know he keeps in touch with all of his players that have played for him. He always reaches out before our season starts and wishes me good luck. So that relationship was huge. Um for players, I guess my main relationships were on guys that were from South Carolina. So Cole Messina was a big one and just seeing how for our travel team he was unbelievable. So seeing how he um approached his BP, how um, he would take that into a game, play with passion and stuff like that. And then 
we had a lot of really talented players. Cody Schreier is one that's playing really well right now for UCLA. Um, Alex Mooney was a big one. And we had a ton. Dalen Lyle got drafted. Ryan Clifford got drafted. So all these guys are playing with really talented guys, just seeing how they approach their day-to-day. And it's really cool when you get into college and get out of that travel ball circuit to see how people play at the next level and seeing them have success. So I guess, yeah, it's a really cool thing that Canes gives you. It's a relationship with really good players, and you can see how their careers go from there. Yeah. Uh, You mentioned Cole Messina. I actually hop on a phone call with him at – 1030, so a little bit more than an hour. From yeah. Now. He's he's another episode here on the Canes baseball series. Um, yeah, he's so, playing really well right now. So I, I, yeah, I, saw cool that. I, I, I do the research, you know, with so many interviews, you know, I, I try to do the research days ahead of time, but sometimes it's the, 10 minutes before the interview starts sometimes. And I, I did see yeah. he's he's hitting pretty well right now. You got yeah, any, he's... any questions you think I should bring up to him? I guess his big thing is he grew up in South Carolina, played for Somerville, and then they just played their South Carolina Clemson series. So I guess how does it – how did it feel to hit – he had a big home run versus Clemson, so how did it feel to hit that big home run and, like, a rivalry, especially in South Carolina, that's such a big rivalry in college baseball, like kind of making your mark on that rivalry. So that was cool to see last week. Okay. I'll make sure – I'll make sure to bring that up uh, here in about an hour or so. Uh, but with your with your one summer, so so with your time playing for the Canes, kind of take us through, you know, some of those just different memories that, you know, come to mind, whether that's, you know, doing something cool on the field, maybe winning a championship like the Canes generally do, uh, maybe doing some off the field stuff as well. Just what are some of those favorite memories that come to mind when you think of Canes baseball and just the overall experience that you had? Yeah, winning championships with Canes was awesome. You once you get into those last games during a pool play, you're playing really good players. So I just remember one championship game. It was us versus Team Elite. And when you look at those two teams I, on the field, there were probably five to ten players that were drafted that summer. Um, and then everyone else kind of in college ball now, but with a few kind of really standing out in college ball. So I guess kind of reminiscing on games where there were a lot of really talented players on the field, um, really high level arms. Um, playing for the Canes, you always have a ton of scouts at your game. So that was a really cool thing whenever you're on the field and you look up and there's just a ton of scouts watching. Um, and then, yeah, usually the Canes are the biggest game on the field during a tournament. So all the other fans and stuff come watching. We get big, really big crowds. Um, Yeah, so those were just kind of some really cool experiences. Um, And then, yeah, playing with great players that felt like we're never going to make an error. Um, I know our infield that summer, like Alex Mooney, made no errors. I don't know if Cody might have made one error, and our second baseman, Curtis Reed, might. I think he made zero or one errors too. So it was just playing with a really high level of talent where I remember my dad saying it was like you were watching a minor league baseball team that was – extremely talented just really young and trying to find their way to grow every single day yeah so you alex mooney he's the guy he's the mooney brother that's at duke right yep okay so play, when you're playing with guys who when you're you know with on that canes team when you're playing a lot of guys who are going to acc schools what's that like now you know potentially you know playing up against him potentially playing up against some other guys within the acc what's that like you know as you're facing these guys on opposite teams now 
um, just some of those prior relationships you already had. Yeah, it's really cool to play people that you played with in high school or played around you in high school and then played with you on the travel ball team. Like seeing those players have success is a really cool thing. Like we said with Cole starting to play. I know he didn't play that much last year, didn't have a ton of at-bats, but now kind of getting that opportunity to play and having a ton of success. It's, that's the cool thing for me is seeing people that you like played with finally get an opportunity to play at like a high level and then they're having a really high level of success. Um, and then, yeah, with a guy like Mooney, like being rivals with him and seeing him every year, that was, um, it's cool to kind of see his growth since being a Kane and in the position where he is now, just playing to where he'll probably be a top three round pick this summer. So yeah, it's cool to see how people progress over the years. I'm sure. So let's go ahead. Let's dig in. Let's go ahead and make that transition to, you know, your on the field play kind of take us through, you know, just your hitting approach here to start off, kind of take us through, you know, what's going through your mind, you know, walking up to that batter's box, you know, what's just your hitting approach kind of take us through what you're trying to do with each at bat, you know, as you're walking up there to the batter's box. Yeah. So I touched on it earlier. I'm not a guy that's going to hit a ball over the wall every single at bat I've got, I know I have power and BP and stuff like that. So I know it's in there, but just trying to stay within myself, um, not get too big. And those are usually the times where you hit the bar, ball the farthest. So that's a big thing with me is keeping my front shoulder down and staying on every ball. Um, and then having a strength with speed, trying to put the ball in play as much as possible. I can't be a strikeout guy because I don't have that power. So Usually when I put the ball in play, good things happen. Um, let my speed take over um, and try to stay, since I'm a lefty, just trying to stay towards the middle of the field or towards the shortstop and make, if I stay towards the shortstop, they got to make a longer throw, try to beat out infield singles. And then I guess the main approach for me is when I'm in the box, it's staying towards the middle of the field trying to keep two hands on the bat as long as possible. So I'm not pulling off and yeah, staying through the ball as much as possible and hitting line drives, not fly balls, line drives and hard ground balls are give me the highest chance of success being yeah. an on-base guy who can steal bases too. So that just trying to get on base and be a guy that scores a lot of runs. So if you being a lefty, like you said, you know, you're a couple, you're a couple steps closer to first base, obviously with your speed, you like that. So when you're hitting it to the left side of the infield, you're going to make it a bang, bang play, but you do throw righty. So how did that come about to where, you know, righty thrower, lefty hitter? I know obviously with your dad being a collegiate coach, I'm sure maybe he pushed you that way as a young kid, but kind of take us through, you know, how you became a lefty hitter while you throw righty. Yeah, I don't I don't know if he pushed me to it. I think that's just kind of the way it happened. Um but yeah, it's definitely uh it's different like uh, especially with when you throw righty and hit lefty with I also do everything else righty so like writing it's my dominant hand. Um and that means that you're when you hit lefty and your right hand dominant, your bottom hand is your dominant hand. And usually players or drills for a hitting coach you focus on your top hand a lot more so naturally a guy that's hitting lefty and throwing righty they're gonna have a weaker top hand and that kind of leads to if you have a weaker top hand you're gonna be under balls and hit lazy fly balls to the 
if you're not able to get on top. Um, so yeah, most hitters focus on their top hand. And for me, it's just trying to get that as strong as possible. So I'm not, my bat, my barrel's not below my hands and I'm not hitting those fly balls, especially for a guy with speed, just trying to be on top as much as possible and get that top hand as strong as I can. So I can play to my strengths. Yeah. So with those drills being maybe a little bit different for you, like you said, with your, your, your strong, strong hand kind of being the bottom hand on your bat, I'm sure maybe those drills were a little bit different, but kind of take us through your mechanics, take us through, you know, just what that looks like from your load up to your follow through and, you know, how those kind of, how that kind of evolved over time, you know, as you got older. Yeah, I'm definitely an experimenter and my dad gets mad at me for that. So I'm always doing something he thinks I'm doing something new every week whether it's like a leg kick or something like that um but yeah right now I guess this year the focus has been trying to be as quiet with my head as possible so toning down the leg kick just trying to be maybe pick up the foot and put it right down or pick up the heel and put it down um yeah the big focus for me this year is being quiet as possible so I can see all speed or easily be on time for fastballs um then with my swing in the box I'm trying to think get on top of the ball I can't hit fly balls with not having that plus power so trying to keep my head down as long as possible and keep my top hand on the bat as long as possible so that the barrel's not below my hands and I'm not hitting those fly balls yeah. So, you know, looking at your game's entirety, so whether that's, you know, you're playing the outfield, you're hitting, you're stealing bases because, you you know, you are a speedy guy. If you were a scout watching your game, what would be that personal scouting report that you would write up on yourself? Yeah, so speed's obviously the big one. Um, I think this year, more than most, it's knowing the type of player I am and not, I'm not going to be outside of myself. I'm not going to be up there even in a 3-1-2-0 count trying to hit the ball over the wall it's trying to get a good pitch to hit and hit a line drive that'll go in the gap and then I get extra bases out of it um and then I think the biggest thing for me is playing with passion and trying to have the best level of passion every single day where I'm playing with a high intensity and have it so that everyone in the stands can see that I really care about what I'm doing. Yeah. So, you know, as your career, you know, continues to unfold, you go through your sophomore year this summer, go through your junior year as well. You know, what are some of those big, you know, just key emphasis you're trying to put on within your development, whether that's in the field, hitting, whatever happens to be, just what are some of those key things you're trying to develop here in the near future? I'd say this year it's trying to, keep my head still, like I said, and having the best level of pitch recognition I can. Um, trying not to give at-bats away if maybe you're three for three on a day and you're really killing a team. Just trying not to give that fourth at-bat away because you can't get them back. So trying to take advantage of every single at-bat. Um, trying to have an approach where it's consistent and I can always control it, like getting good pitches to hit, trying to get my A swing off every single at-bat. Um, and then, like I said, the big emphasis for me is trying to keep my head down and two hands on the bat where I'm not pulling off the balls or um, 
I'm just trying to stay through the ball as much as possible. And then I'd say for summer ball, knowing I'm going to have a ton of at-bats, it's just putting that approach into a day-to-day -day basis where you know you're playing every day. So just not trying to get as good as you can on a daily basis and you're not just throwing a day away because of summer ball, just trying to play like it's a super regional or something like that. Yeah. So, you know, with, with where you're at now within your baseball career, I'm sure you've had just a ton of just influential people within your career. Obviously, your dad, but, you know, being a college coach, being there for you throughout your career, Coach Petty, and I'm sure there's a ton of other guys. But if you could choose, you know, maybe two to three people who have been the most influential within your baseball career, who would those people be? And what would be the reasonings for them being so influential? I'd say, obviously, my dad just – knowing what it takes to be a college player, knowing what good college players look like. And then obviously he had to recruit as a college coach and he's seen all the pro guys too. So he's been really influential, just knowing what it takes to get to that level and always supporting me to be the best version of myself. Um, coach Petty's definitely another one. Just he gave me the opportunity to play for the Canes, which is such a big organization. And then after playing well for a week, I kind of, I ended up hitting lead off the rest of that summer. So just putting me in a position where I could be seen by coaches and scouts and um, playing at a really high level where we're with the Canes, you face every team's ace every single day. So just that summer was a lot of improvement for me. Um, yeah, and he supported me all summer. And then my high school coach was a huge one where he gave me a ton of confidence um, and helped me to believe that I was the best player on the field every day and that usually a player's confidence can really help them succeed on a day-to-day -day basis. And, yeah, he was huge with that. And I guess keeping that relationship, always checking up on me and – uh wanting to know how I'm doing and following my career and stuff like that. So yeah, those are three pretty influential ones. All right. So I got one last baseball question here for you. Then we'll go ahead, dig into, you know, I call them rapid fire with passions, motivation, stuff like that. Yeah. So like I said, I'm trying to be a, you know, a draft advisor slash agent once I graduate here in a couple of years. So when I get a ball player like yourself on, I like to just dig into that, you know, that advisor selection process. So just kind of, you know, Briefly, kind of take us through, you know, the advisor selection process when, you know, when was it that these guys started reaching out? What were some ways that they were reaching out? And just kind of take us through maybe some of those key things you were looking for as you were going along this selection process. Yeah, I'd say most, I guess, people that are high-level prospects in high school have people start reaching out maybe sophomore and junior, I guess more junior year, going into your senior um, your 17-year travel circuit and uh, senior high school season before you get drafted. Um, yeah, that's when most people started reaching out. For me, I wanted someone that really had my best interest at heart and I wasn't just another guy for them that they were hoping to um, have a player that got drafted and I wanted a personal relationship and that was big for me and my advisor is from, he played, my dad coaches at College of Charleston, and this is a guy that played at College of Charleston, has a really good relationship with my dad and a lot of other former players. And 
a guy that really focuses on South Carolina high school guys. So I knew I'd have a personal relationship with him. So I guess most players want someone that's going to be, have their best interest at heart. Um, players don't want a guy that just like is trying to get every single player out there. So there's no relationship. Um, yeah, I guess best relationship you can have the better for an advisor. All right. Yeah. And that's, oh, never mind. Scratch that. But no, I do, I do, I do appreciate, you know, giving me that advice. I mean, I, I always like to, you know, ask, ask everybody just to kind of get the player side of things on that. Uh, but no, man. So digging into my final couple of questions here for you, call these rapid fire, moving away from the baseball field here a little bit. First question, passions beyond the game of baseball. So, you know, you're, you know, maybe you have to keep your mind off of some things. Maybe you need to cope with some stress, whatever it happens to be, if it's not baseball, what are some of those other passions that you got going on? Um, I guess playing video games with my brother who's at Vanderbilt, like that's kind of a way for us to reconnect and, um, talk to each other playing 2k or call of duty, anything like that. Um, and then music is a big one for me. Like we both play the guitar too. So just, um, yeah, that's a good way to deal with stress and really like listening to music and stuff like that. Playing, playing guitars. It's a challenge that away from baseball that you can try to improve at and see growth at. So that's a lot of fun too. Yeah. Playing guitar. Okay. So how did you get connected with that? And, you know, what were some of the struggles there first off, you know, trying to learn how to play a guitar the best way you can? Yeah, that I kind of started, I guess, in high school, junior, senior year, one of my friends played guitar and is into music, tries to write songs and stuff like that. So kind of got that from him. My brother played guitar before me, too. So watching him do that. Um, yeah, and it's just something, like I said, baseball is a challenge, but playing guitar is a challenge, too. And it's something where I can get away from the game and get away from, I guess, class anything stressful and try to throw myself into that and the improvement over time so it's a lot of fun and it's definitely challenging with learning all the chord shapes and finger placements and stuff like that so yeah it's definitely tough in the beginning but once you get at it it's it becomes a lot easier yeah so dig it, dig it into motivations here. So just digging down, you know, deep down internally, you know, what is it that, you know, helps you, you know, get out of bed, helps you just continuously evolve, kick the sheets in a way and just get better every day. You know, what are some of those motivations that you have? I guess knowing that I had a dream of playing pro ball as a kid, and I definitely still have that dream, but just trying not to let my former self down, I guess, knowing I had those dreams and, um, playing for a lot, a lot of people that have supported me throughout my life and want to see me have success playing for them. Um, and then, yeah, um, growing up in Chapel Hill, playing for UNC, just a program that's given so much to me and my family, trying to make them proud and be the best player I can for the program. Okay. So taking that question a little bit further, you know, everything, you know, keeps going right for you. You keep using those motivations to get better as a ball player, as a person, Perfect picture down the road, 20 years from now. So you're going to be what, like 40, 41, 42 years old or I, yep. 40. Yeah. So kind of take us through that perfect picture, your life 20 years down the road. I guess in a perfect world, I'd have a great playing career in pro ball. Um, have a lot of success playing major league baseball would be the ideal, but if not just being involved in baseball some way, whether that be 
in a front office of pro ball, that would be really cool. Or with my dad being a coach, being in the coaching world where maybe I'm coaching for UNC or coaching somewhere else as a trying to develop other baseball players. Cause that's definitely a passion of mine. So um, hopefully a great pro career, but if not being involved in baseball some way. Okay. All right, man. So down to my final question here on the J care podcast, same question. I like to ask everybody to end it off. Obviously you're now you're there at North Carolina now. So you have that opportunity to capitalize on your name, image, and likeness. What is that dream NIL brand that you would love to just endorse, partner with, collaborate with, whatever it happens to be? What would that dream brand be? Hmm. Um, I haven't really thought about that that much, but I guess. Hmm. I guess with my name being Reese, Reese's is a cool one. I know they did a lot of stuff for people with the name R-E-E-S-E, spelling their name Reese that way, but mine is spelled with a C. So I guess I missed out there. But yeah, that would be a cool one. And then I'm really into clothing. So like uh, Lululemon or a brand like Cuts I've gotten into recently. So those are two cool brands that uh, I'd love to be endorsed by. Okay. And I've seen, I've seen, obviously Lululemon's, you don't know, and across the car. I've seen cuts. I've seen yeah. them making some uh, big moves these past couple of years. I know Ryan Pepio with the Dodgers using the, using yeah. a couple other guys. So I, I they have I, a lot of athletes. It's a, yeah, I definitely, they have a cuts athletes page on their Instagram too, where they show all the people that wear their brand. And yeah, I definitely have gotten into it recently and my brother as well. And we love it. So yeah, that's a really cool brand. Yeah. So are you a cuts athlete now or are you? Just no. Them? Okay. Well, I guess maybe next cuts athlete here, you know, in a month, yeah. <laughs> maybe Reese Holbrook, who knows? Uh, uh, yeah. but no, man, that's, that's the final question here for you on the J care podcast, you know, super appreciative of you, you know, giving me your, you know, your time here this past 50 minutes, hour or so, um, you know, best of luck the rest of this season, you know, you said you had another game tonight. So best of luck tonight. Yep rest of this spring and then this summer and just the rest of your career in general, man, you know, just super appreciative of you coming on the show. I'll, you know, I'll definitely be following you, you know, some, if you make it out to the, towards the Midwest at some point, you know, maybe yep. you know, I'll go see a play, get some JK or pod mer- uh, <laughs> podcast merch or something like that, man. But no, man, like I said, thanks for coming on the show. Yeah. Thank you for having me. And um, yeah, I've definitely seen a lot of my friends on the show and good luck. And especially if you want to become an advisor and stuff like that. So good luck with all that. Oh,